0: The six-time world champion New England Patriots. Edelman's gonna throw. The quarterback's arm. Let's go! Somehow they blew the coverage. Oh, that's a catch! Hello, Super Bowl. We are all Patriots,
1: and tonight. Patriots are-
0: Hello and welcome back into another episode of the Pats Pack Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Josh Finn, here with Keeping Balance, JV the Kid, former All-Madden player, Josh Valdella. Josh, how are we doing today on this fine evening? I'm doing pretty good, much better now I get to see your beautiful face. How are you? I'm doing great. Do you know why? It's no, 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 no. Let me say it because it's Damn a great it. day to be great. <laughs> Anyway, moving... Actually, did you want to talk about your story? Oh, God. Just start off here.
1: Crazy, stupid thought that went through my head. AB's whole tirade, whatever his outburst was, is all in an elaborate plan for, one, him to promote his rap song. And, two, get cut. Tom Brady requests a trade back to the Patriots. In a rage. They go back, sign AB... Win the Super Bowl. I
0: will be looking for a new co-host after the show. So if you guys are interested, please comment down below. Send your applications in. Send an email. I will be looking actively for the recap show. Excuse me. The preview show coming up against the Dolphins on Sunday. Moving on to the Jags recap here. Final score. 50 to 10. A 50. That's right. Count them. 50 burger for the Pats in this one. Pats cover the spread at 15.5. The overcash at 41.5. The Pats they're back in the dance. We are salsa-ing now. As the Dolphins fell to the Titans, thirty-four 2 three, the Pats clinched a playoff spot. How do you feel about that, Big J? Dude,
1: it's it's happy. Just or I'm happy. It's great to see a turnaround after the Cam experiment. You know what I mean? Like it's like we're we're right back to where to New England football. We're right back to mediocre, baby. That's where mm-hmm. you want.
0: So this game had the potential to get ugly and get ugly fast, and it really did, and it really was. The Jags had three starters out on their O-line. Cam Robinson, Brandon Linder, and Ben Barch. all missed this game with COVID, along with five of their backup linemen. That's not exactly what you draw up in the game plan, I would imagine, at any point in the season. They did have eight starters out due to COVID as well, 13 players total. They probably would have been better off, in all reality, just not boarding the plane to Fox Bro.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> at, the, yeah.
0: at the end of the day starting off with the team stats here we got the jags had time of possession 23 14 pats ended up eclipsing them in that category at 36 46 offensive plays jags had 46 pats had 70 total yards the jags had 253 and the pats had a whopping 471 yards penalties pretty even here across the board Jags three for 25, Pats three for 30. Turnovers, the Jags had three, count them, three. Turnovers, the Pats had nothing. Efficiency, Jags were three of nine on third down and the Pats definitely had a turnaround from last week when they were one of 10 on third down, ending up becoming eight of 10 on third down. So a couple of things to take away here right off the jump. So Nikhil Harry was a a healthy scratch here, which is pretty interesting. Kristen Mm -hmm. Wilkerson getting the nod. Do you have anything else you
1: want to take away from this, initially? Um, not really initially. I mean, it's obviously when you spend a first rounder on someone like Nikhil Harry, you expect him to play over someone who's been on the practice squad for three years. But this is just an example of someone taking advantage of their opportunity. Like he's well, Christian Wilkerson has earned his chance to play in the NFL. And what was it like his fourth game, and he balled out. Great day to be great
0: moving on to the passing game here we have the trevor lawrence experience starting off with here tle if you know what i'm saying 22 of 30 193 yards and a touchdown that's his first one basically since his nfl career has started jk but not jk 63 percent completion percentage and a qbr of a whopping 23 Seven on the Mac Jones experience side, 17 to 27, 227 yards, three count them, three tutties, seventy-three percent completion percentage, and a QBR of ninety-four point five. So, Mac did end up playing in the fourth quarter in this one, despite the Pats pretty much destroying the Urban Meyer Empire really mm-hmm. early and often into this game. And looking at these numbers, Mac did look pretty good here for Mac today. He only threw the ball thirty times, but he really did not need to throw the ball that much. So that's Absolutely a not. lot in this game. And they kind of like looked like they went with what I thought was going to happen initially in this game. We talked about it last week, mm-hmm. kind of along the lines of even though this game is more of a beat down, you don't necessarily need to throw the ball at all. Just keep kind of throwing it, get back into a rhythm, and get them some confidence here. If you know what I'm saying. What do you want to take away from Mac's side of things here? How do you feel about
1: that? I agree. I mean, you can even go back maybe two games, you know, not great quarterback play from him, but even to the Bills game where he, you know, barely threw the ball. So that's three games that he hasn't really shown or, like, you know, efficiently implemented, you know, the passing game. It you know, just, I don't even think they were trying to run up the score against the Jags. It was more letting Mac loose, you know, expanding the playbook a little bit and getting him ready for the playoffs.
0: Yeah, it seemed a little counterintuitive because mm-hmm. they were running up the score, but they weren't running up the score. Yeah. Their main goal was to get him more, more basically more touches <clears> get <against> some <throat> more throat> throws in there, it seemed like, as opposed to, like, let's put up 60. Yeah, exactly. I don't think the point was mainly to, run it up. Yeah, to put up exactly. points. It was more so just to get him touches <clears throat> at the end of the day. On the Trevor Lawrence experience, another disappointing day here. He did throw a touchdown, like I said earlier, but... That was his first one since week nine, I believe, week eight or nine, which is absolutely insane. And a lot of this really isn't his fault. At the end of the day, it's really just a bad situation. Like the personnel is just off. It's just really not looking good. Partially, mm-hmm. that's Urban Meyer's fault. Partially, just because it's the Jags. What do you want to take away from the Jags side of things
1: here, if anything at all? I I don't want to call them a dumpster fire. You know, they're like they're human beings like us. But that team has just from last year you would think they would have done a, like a kind of like a you know replenished a roster and what they did was a makeover and anytime you have a makeover you have to start from scratch and that's what they did with urban meyer and when you're not a good team like that, it's just really hard to watch actually It's really tough because,
0: I mean, it is a small market. That too. but That's huge. They do get the advantage of the tax-free state, which you would Mm -hmm. think would attract a lot of free agents. But obviously, when you've also got Tom Brady playing in Florida, Mm -hmm. it might not be the first point veteran free agents really want to go. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. But you would think with all that cap space, they would do something. It seems like every decision they had to make, they made the wrong one at the end of the day, which really sucks.
1: Dude, they consistently ship off... First-rounders. I mean, look what they did with uh, Jalen Ramsey. They just sent him off. I don't think they really want to win.
0: It's so funny because this team was 10 minutes away from the Super Bowl, and ever since, this team has been a
1: disaster. Yeah, awful, bro.
0: So here's something interesting I was thinking about here today. Do the Jags move away from Trevor Lawrence next week and sit him to avoid any ridiculous injury next week?
1: Uh. I'm going to probably lean towards no. I think he'll play because I don't think he wants his last game of the his rookie year to be this game. And you know what I mean? It's just one more game under his belt, maybe. But do you think they should go away from him? Uh, probably not, honestly. Really? Why? Yeah. Literally just to get him a little bit more season. That's it. I. W- <laughs> but, I mean... What you bring up is a good point with the injuries, because you never know what can happen. The
0: thing is, it's like the risk versus, versus reward just doesn't mm-hmm. seem like it here for me. I get what you're saying, and I don't know if I would decide that, but it's like, imagine if he goes out and tears his ACL, yeah, or ruptures his Achilles, then you look like a real idiot. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you're 2-15, and 15
1: and you're playing this guy, or 2-14, and 14 and you're playing this guy. Yeah, probably the last thing they need, especially when you spend the first overall pick on someone. Exactly so. my point.
0: Moving on to the rushing side of things here, we will start off on the Jag side of things. We've got Dare Agum Agu- I can never say this name. Agumbuwale. There we go. Nine carries mm-hmm. for thirty six yards. Rickwell Armstead. Big shout out to him for making it back mm-hmm. to the league. Yep. First game back after that was big issues with COVID last year. Six carries for twenty eight yards. Trevor Lawrence, two carries for sixteen yards. I've got nothing here. Literally nothing. Oh, same. <laughs> All right. Moving on to the pass side of things here. I'm really glad we agree with there. Ramondre Stevenson with the big day here 19 carries, 107 yards, and two. Count, count them two. One more time for the kids at home. Two tutties. Damian Harris had nine carries for 35 yards. Also two tutties. Brandon Bolden, one carry, four yards. Kendrick Bourne, two carries, 17 yards. Mac Jones, two carries for 12 yards. And John Smith, Josh McDaniel said he wanted to get him more involved, and he did. One carry for five yards. So. Well spread in the backfield here, it looks like, a little bit. But at the end of the day, Stevenson and Harris really continue to rotate drives, which is what Mm -hmm. we were kind of talking about we were going to expect the rest of the year. Harris ended up leaving this game with a hamstring injury, and Stevenson ended up taking over the rest of the workload for the remainder of the whole second half and kind of the back half of the second Mm -hmm. quarter. It's a little hard to tell how bad that hamstring injury really is. Because the game was so out of hand, it's like mm-hmm. why why were you we bringing him back in? But at the same time, he says he's good. But how many times have you heard guys say that before? Like, i exactly fine. That. I'll be out there next week, and then they don't play for a month. So, what are you taking away from the run game here, and how do you feel
1: with the Damien Harris situation? I'm not overly too concerned about his hamstring injury. Obviously, the like soft tissue injuries are something to monitor. But I think it's just it was one of those things where. It was a blowout. You know I mean? Why put your players at risk? Yeah. And let's manage this injury.
0: It's one of those things. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know. But I was going to say, I wouldn't be surprised if he was active next week, but he didn't see his normal workload. But I'm thinking Bill would probably just make him active if that was the case.
1: Yeah, like kind of like the Trevor Lawrence kind of comparison, what you were mentioning earlier, kind of like why try to avoid injury if you can.
0: Yeah, but it's a little bit
1: different because the Jags are done next week. Mm-hmm. And
0: Trevor Lawrence is not nearly as expendable to that franchise as Damian mm-hmm. Harris is to this one. Like, if Damian Harris, like, say they cut him, like, today, mm-hmm. like, you just have to give Ramondre Stevenson a full time workload. If you cut Trevor Lawrence today, like, the NFL would literally be in an uproar. That would be insane. Like, <laughs> that would be absolutely crazy. I don't even know what would happen, but we'll see if. Damian Harris ends up suiting up Sunday. If not, fire up Ramondre Stevenson. I don't care if there is a fire. Moving on to the receiving side of things here. Jacoby Myers, 8 targets, 8 catches, 73 yards, and a tutty. That's right. He's got 2. Count up 2 on his career now. Kendrick Bourne, 6 targets, 5 catches, 76 yards. Brandon Bolden, 3 targets, 2 catches for 21 yards. Christian Wilkerson, the main event, 8 targets, 4 receptions for 42 yards, and 2 tutties. Should have been 3 Tutties. Hunter yeah. Henry, five targets, three catches, 37 yards. John Smith, again, Josh McDaniel said he wanted to get him more involved, and he did. One target, one catch, 20 yards. Damian Harris, one target, one catch, 12 yards. And Gunnar Chesky, one target, one catch, four, nine yards. So, obviously, we kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I want to talk about it a little more now. Nikhil Harry was a healthy scratch here. Why, why? First of all, why was he a healthy scratch, and what does that mean going forward for the playoffs? And not only the playoffs, but the rest of his tenure with the Patriots.
1: Uh, I, I think it definitely had something to do with his play in the last game uh, against the Bills. You know what I mean? it's Here's a big opportunity with Aguilar out for the game. Kendrick Bourne didn't practice all week. We saw that he barely played. Let's give Nakira Harry the ball, see what he does. Didn't do anything. You know what I mean? So this week we get to see someone who's been working hard on the practice squad for many years on the Patriots. And he just shows why. It doesn't matter if you're a first-round pick or a second-round pick. It's who works the hardest. And that's how the Pats have always gone about their business anyway. Hmm. Completely right. That is why Drew
0: Bledsoe was out after he received that big $100 million contract, which was actually huge at the time. That's a 10-year deal, huh? Yeah. It's crazy looking at that now because, like, like our generation, it's like $100 million. That's mm-hmm. like, no, chump change. Like, as a contract, but back then. Like, you know, that's like Taysom Hill money. But back then, it's like, wow. Like, that, we've never seen that type of money mm-hmm. before. Like, it's absolutely insane. Now, kind of playing devil's advocate here a little bit. What do you think the odds are that this maybe was like more of a, a load management move? Just kind of give them a week off. Maybe they didn't think they needed him because it was the Jags, that type of thing. Let the kid come in there, meaning Christian Wilkinson and play. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a possibility at all uh, yeah sure I don't think it's likely I don't think it's like 100% mm-hmm. but if that came out down the line like oh yeah he was just kind of a little banged up we didn't feel like we needed him give him a week off kind of a second bye week I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if that was the case
1: yeah you're right he was nursing that injury previously right, right. So, exactly yeah.
0: so I don't know but it doesn't really matter at the end of the day so going back to the Christian Wilkerson here do you think he all of a sudden takes on a little bit of a bigger role? And he's on this team playing a role in the playoffs now that the Pats are finally locked in with that berth?
1: I'm not sure because when you go out and pay guys like Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers is already your number one, I'm not sure. You know what I mean? Especially being a run-first team. I can definitely see him taking more reps over Nikhil Harry in the future and in the playoffs. But... Like, one thing that I like to look back on is him and Mac had great chemistry in the preseason. And that's always kind of, like, stuck in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. So, maybe that's the case. I'd like to see it. You know what I mean? He's definitely shown that he comes to play, unlike someone else. Do you think McKeel Harry's done in New England after this year? Uh, probably. I mean, we already tried to trade him, you know, and no one wanted... They tried to trade him the, a couple of times. Yeah, and he
0: wanted to be traded. He demanded a yeah. trade. But the thing is, when you have no value, it's yeah. tough to receive anything worth it.
1: I mean, it's it's not out of the ordinary for the Pats to, you know, uh, separate or have like divorces with players, just to benefit both sides. I mean, look at Gilmore. That was that was one of those situations that was best for both sides. Right. When? So...
0: When was he drafted? Was it 2018, 2019? So he's got one more year on his deal, right?
1: Yeah, and I think it's one of those that like, he they have to pick up his option.
0: I'm pretty sure they already said they're not going to pick yeah. up his option, mm-hmm. which exactly. makes a lot of sense. But that's why I was confused because I felt like they said that early. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of someone else. Yeah, there's no way. But I don't know that. why you would ever pick up his option. Hell it's been know. a huge disappointment. But I really think... <sighs> It's just interesting to see he's inactive while is also inactive. You know what I mean? And Gunner's getting snaps over him. That's what That's what I mean. That's what really surprised mm. me. Like, it's one thing if it's like, all right, like, everyone's healthy, and you're like, all right, you're hurt, like, kind of load management, like, X marks the spot, like, cross mm-hmm. him off, like, get you out of here, like, sweep, sweep, we'll see you next week. But the thing is, it's like, like, Gunnar, who's probably has, like, less than 10 targets on the year, is playing. You know, Christ- Christian Wilkerson, who barely has played in an nfl regular season game get some snaps Mm -hmm. and you're inactive
1: yeah it's a very interesting look i think it's it just goes back to one of those things where it's whoever works the hardest earns it yeah i think you
0: might just be right at the end of the day moving on to the jack side of things here laquan Treadville six targets six catches 83 yards marvin jones jr six targets two catches 46 yards I'm going to try to say this name right this time. Dare Agumawale. There we go, baby. There we go. Two targets, two catches, 32 yards, and a tutty. Leviska Chenault, three targets, two catches, 13 yards. Luke Farrell, two targets, one catch, seven yards. Raquel Armstead, two targets, one catch, six yards. Tavon Austin, four targets, three catches, two yards. And Chris Manhertz, one target.
1: Do you want to take anything out of this? The only thing I guess I... Shout out to Laquan Treadwell. He's definitely kind of, he's having definitely a career year for himself, but to see someone who just struggled with drops, like, I like seeing that in the NFL, someone who can go to a different city and revitalize their careers. I feel like a lot of guys on
0: this team, they would be a very key piece to other good teams. I agree. If you know what yeah. I mean. But the problem is it's like they're all role players mm-hmm. that need talent around them to really succeed. That's kind of the vibe I get. Like if you take Marvin Jones Jr. and you put him on the bucks, let's say, as like a third option. Like, that's fantastic. God. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like but it's when you take those guys and you put like, you know, Dara Gumawale as like, you know, your R B one, obviously that's not gonna work out too well. I agree. Yeah. So what do you think this would look like if DJ Chalk was around? Would this look any different here? Not just this game, but the
1: entire season for the Jags. Um, I don't think much difference, to be honest. Yeah, I, would, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, Trevor Lawrence just kind of like spread the ball around, I want to say.
0: I think it might look a little different in Trevor Lawrence's numbers, but yeah. I don't know if it would make any real difference true difference in the win-loss category. Maybe a game here, I mean, there, yeah. but nothing too extravagant, I would have to say so myself. Moving on to the defensive side of the ball here, JC Jackson, four tackles and a pick. Kaya Vanoy, Adrian Phillips, and Jalen Mills also had four tackles. Christian Barmore had three tackles and a sack. Miles Bryant had three tackles and a pick. Dante Hightower had two tackles and a sack, and Kyle Duggar also had two tackles and a pick. So injury side of things here adrian phillips left this game with a wrist injury did not return i kind of put this in the same thing as the damian harris category it's just a little bit weird if anything i'd feel better about phillips playing next week than damian harris if you told me i had to pick one how do you feel about that what are you taking away from that here
1: i agree it's just avoid further injury and they're already up why do you give someone else the snaps
0: absolutely as for the defense as a whole what are you taking away
1: uh it's good i mean albeit you know not a great Jags team it's yeah. a good bounce back you know i mean the defense made plays big turnovers and miles Bryant had a much better game than the last it was
0: t- it would be tough to have a worse game josh it would be that tough is true to have a worse game but i do think if you, sometimes you need a spot for mm-hmm. a get right game and overall both for the defense and for mac i feel like this was a perfect spot to have a good oh, get right yeah. game like if you had to pinpoint a place in the season maybe you could make an argument after the bucks game but this was a very good spot Mm -hmm. to have a get right game i was reading this article today like the pats were one in three and trailing by two touchdowns to the texans in the second half did anyone think they were going to make the playoffs at that point i'm like i mean i guess when you put it like that it probably did not look too great Mm mm-hmm I just thought that was kind of funny. It is weird. Moving on to the Jags defensive side of things here. Chris Clayburks had nine tackles. Daniel Thomas, eight tackles. Andre Cisco six tackles. Miles Jack, Josh Allen, and Shaq Corman also all had six tackles. What are you taking away from the Jags defensive side of things here? And what do you think this defense can do to improve this offseason?
1: Um, we just... Mack and the offense picked them apart. I mean, some of those numbers are kind of bloated just because of the time of possession and how many offensive snaps the pass actually took in the game
0: yeah well, like when not to interrupt you but when i first mm-hmm. looked at this box score i'm seeing like nine tackles eight tackles six tackles and it's like there was a bunch of other guys that had like five tackles four tackles that i didn't even touch on and i'm thinking mm-hmm. how is that possible but then i'm like well they were on the field for 70 plays mm-hmm. yeah, like and exactly. the ball was going like
1: everywhere continue yeah, yeah that's like yeah like you said the ball was all over the place and uh but um if anything, they have pieces in Jacksonville. You know what I mean? They're not scrubs. That line is Deadline They have three great linemen. Back at the defense, Miles Jack is an animal. You know what I mean? It's just Josh Allen, former first-round pick. He's pretty damn good, too. And it goes, like you mentioned before, about the Pats. I mean, not the Pats, but the Jags not being a big market team. If they want to, they can spend the money, I feel like to draw players into jacksonville but i just think that that's not in their plans
0: i think it's also going to depend a little bit on who they hire as a head coach that too that's huge urban meyer probably is not someone too many people want to play for at the end of the day i think that's a pretty Mm -hmm. safe assessment miles jack man he's been here so long like he was like He's all that's left of that Saxonville team. He's kinda oh like God, yeah. your your old timer grandfather who's like, I remember when I was your age, we had to write letters to people and that's how we got in touch with them. Like that's kind of the Miles Jack story right now, if you know what I mean. I didn't think uh, you'd have anything to add to that. No. <laughs> so anyway to finish up here, takeaways. So get right game for the Pats. Hopefully we already talked about that. This is the spot they want a get right game. Build some momentum for Mac. I really think that goes right back to the get right game. It's really exciting and hopefully I think next week against Miami, it obviously it's not a get-right game because the Dolphins won seven in a row before they just lost this past week. But it'll be a decent test, especially because the Pats don't like, have trouble playing in Miami. Mm-hmm. Wilkinson's something to watch, if he's going to be active next week. Now, next week, if Nikhil is inactive and Wilkinson's active again, that's going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. But something very important here that we didn't talk about, they got off to a good start in this one. I Off think that too. needs to continue going forward.
1: Oh, definitely. It's just what we've seen from the Pats is once it's once they get behind, it's truly been an uphill battle.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Anything else you want to add to this one, Josh?
1: No, just keep the momentum going. Great uh, you know, home win to end the regular season. Keep it up. Get this offense going. Defense locked down. JC Jackson Island is back. Let's get to the playoffs.
0: Business is booming. Guys, we are done here. Thanks for watching. Make sure to like and subscribe as always. And we will be back later on this week to preview the Miami game. Thank you, everybody, and good night.